Well, then, uh, Troy, I'm going to assume that we're recording and we're going to get the show on the road in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size. No, let's restart this. Oh, he finally did it. I finally did it. It only took four months. That's right. That's right. Cold, cold open. <laughs> let's try this again. Uh, this time. Uh, would keep the gusto. There was like right. there was some good moxie in that. Yeah, team, yeah you're just punch. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Geeks Cant, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening uh, for the first time in a long time, Dwarven DM John Christian. Uh, Lolly ho, everyone! And uh, I just have to say, you uh, really took a bite out of that uh, intro, mm. Zach. Thanks so much for that. Oh, no, you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> uh, and then uh, this other Yahoo, Troy Sandlin. Uh, Lolly hootie hottie ho! <laughs> it's always the hootie hottie, the hottie hottie ho, the hottie hottie ho. We have a uh, an interesting uh, topic for this evening. We're going to talk about. Um, that idea of charm spells and charming personalities and influencing both NPCs and PCs with your character and sometimes skills and abilities and things like that at the Mm -hmm. table. Uh, But before we get into that, um, this is a news heavy week. So I came ready with three bits, a couple of them real quick and punchy, but Troy, you you've got one. So I want to make sure that I don't capture yours no, you, you're not going to. Go ahead and do okay. your three, and then I'll... Uh... Okay. So uh, I'm just going to rattle off a couple of these real quick. Um, we've got something coming on uh, April 21st, so on this Thursday, called D&D Direct, mm-hmm. which is going to have exclusive reveals across the world's gate, greatest role-playing game, books, video games, entertainment, and more. Um, it is at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, 11 p or 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern on the 21st. Uh, you can watch it on the D&D YouTube or Twitch channel. We don't really know much more than that, um, but I just kind of wanted to give a yell. I've seen the boxes. I've seen mm-hmm. some some influencers, yeah. influencers got some boxes. But... I see a space hamster and a what's the what's the hippo race? GIF. The GIF. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it definitely there's a heavy implication that we're going to see some uh, spell jammer. Mm-hmm. reveals here it. right mm-hmm. like the graphic has space hamsters it has holders and it has illithids mm-hmm. um i don't think that's uh accidental um so anyhow keep your eye out for that i think that'll be cool i think that'll give us some cool stuff to talk about next week uh second thing that i want to talk about real fast is uh so early people got the dark souls tabletop rpg um, oh, which yeah. is uh, a five e uh, reskin for Dark Souls, which is typically a very brutal, deadly uh, right. video game. Yeah. And there was some consternation about Steamforge, which is the publisher, um, using the five e mechanics for this because it's five e isn't seen typically as a deadly game, and it's got some other differences. Um, but then people started getting their advanced copies, and they were filled quote-unquote filled, I don't know what that means, people, <laughs> but filled Phil. with errors and typos. Mm. Yeah, I saw that. Um, substantial, evidently, quote-unquote. Uh, a couple things that were noted were like um, 
There's a new fighter archetype that gets armor at first level that they that it's impossible for them to have the strength score to even wear. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Um, and I guess there's enough stink about it that they are doing a complete new reprint of the books. And oh, it. wow. Yeah. Ouch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Kind of brutal. Uh, I, I have yet to be super excited about any steam forged RPG stuff, but I still feel really bad for them that they, they kind of got pounced on. Um, well, this is a, this is a measure once qu- cut twice <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who knows? Well, I mean, we saw it with, uh, we saw it with even the patron saint that happened with him. It was one printing error. It was not a, yeah. we're talking about kingdoms of warfare. For, yeah. for those that uh, yeah. that may not be yeah. aware of it, so MCDM, they had a printing error. It wasn't even a, like it was just a misprint. It wasn't their fault. It was well, their fault. It was their fault. That right? Like I think that they they had turned in the wrong uh, file copy. to be printed. Yeah, yeah. They, it was like they, they forgot one it. T to cross, one I to dot, and didn't look at it. And so it just what it, all it really did though is it pushed some of the text over by a page or something like that. Right? No, it's gone. The, talk, the text is gone. I thought I had pushed it no, over. It, no, no, no. Formatting it, it, issue. It, it dropped it off of it. So there's like a whole page, two pages missing. Um, and, they, and their answer was, well, yes. here's the errata PDF and you can print that out and slide it in your book. Oh my God. Yeah. You want to talk about like, I, Which, I, I read it sure. three times when I got the email because I'm like, there's no way that that's what they're giving us as a solution. They want us to print it off and stick it in. Yeah, so that was well, I felt really bad for them after that because that was just I know it was a huge gaffe, but I know that at the same time, well, and freely the reaction was was vociferous to yeah. say the least. Uh, Free league with those dice that they put in all their starter boxes, oh, yeah. where uh, the elevens were supposed to be replaced on a D tw- on the two D twelves were supposed to be replaced with uh, Eye of Sauron, mm-hmm. and they swapped the ones out for the Eye of Sauron instead. Um, which doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but those dice are wonky dice. And so it kind of is a big deal mm-hmm. that it happened yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, it's not as simple as like, Oh, the ampersands on the one instead of the 20. Like that's not what happened here. It's it, it generally messes things up. With the deal. Yeah. The question, the question is though, the, you know, that they, they got advanced, copy not copies but they got like they got like a demo dice right or whatever they got like they got got them ahead of time and looked at them and somebody who is the poor schlub that looked at them and didn't say something yeah or did he and it's like hey you got you put it on the wrong thing here's the email (laughs) supposed to be on the one right and and whoever (laughs) didn't or or they didn't do the corrections well the the, typically dice like that are made in china so mm-hmm. on that end, they're not looking – they don't know anything about what they're making. And the person that pressed the order button might have been a project manager, but it could have been just a purchasing person who doesn't mm-hmm. know anything about the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And so it could have been a thing where – yeah, anyhow. Uh, so Dark Souls. Last thing here. Um, today, people have started getting their Marvel Multiverse role-playing game uh, – uh, play test books that doesn't officially drop till tomorrow. I'll get mine tomorrow, 
but uh, there's already been a few reviews out there, and they are uh, middle of the road. Oh. Um, now, I've read these reviews. I think that some of the middle of the road attitude is from the fact that it's a playtest, and they're bemoaning its lack of options. <laughs> it's a $10 book. Um, we don't need to get too worked up. Uh, but um, some things that I thought would be interesting, just real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, they have six archetypes as part of the uh, playtest. Blaster, Bruiser, Genius, Polymath, Protector, and Striker. Um, so that's that. The D616 system is rolling three D6s. One of the D6s has a special icon on the one. And so if you roll a... If you roll a, all three sixes, it's a crit. But if you roll a six, fancy one, six, it's also something funky. Mm -hmm. If you roll three ones, with the one being the fancy logo, it's it still counts as one. So there is some funkiness going on with the mechanics, because like you read that icon two different ways depending on if it's paired with sixes or paired with ones um so that was kind of funky um <laughs> the stats are might agility resilience vigilance ego and logic uh which are uh the acronym for marvel Oh boy! <laughs> Might, oh. agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and logic. That's I guess quite, ego is like charisma. That's quite mm -hmm. a coincidence. Um, and I, there, there's a little bit about uh, a minor spoiler here, but the play test uh, gives you a short adventure about confronting Hydra. Um, and there is a bunch of rules for either playing as your favorite hero or as creating your own. But here's the thing that I wanted to note that I thought was a really good choice from them. Built into the game are, here are ways to start. There's 25 levels. Here are different ways to start at different levels and to cap at different levels. Mm, okay. So if you want to do a Hell's Kitchen and you're like, level one to five and it caps at level five and we're never going further. That's baked into the core rules that that's, that's cool. That's cool. Um, if you want to bake it to where it's one through five and it's locked down until you decide to do the Avengers team up later, and then you want to open it up from five to 10, you can do that too. Um, but I really dig that this idea of right out the gate in the play test document, we're going to address capping levels and and starting at something other than level one. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Anyhow, we'll probably have more to... I'm sure I'll have more comments on that once I get a, get a good read-through, but um, interesting yeah. stuff already. Cool. Troy, what do you got? All right, I'm, 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 I'm going to bring it down a little bit. A little, a little serious time. Uh, I am a member on a... Uh, Facebook page called D&D Creative Table Designs. And a member of that page, a Shannon Housie, <clears throat> has yeah. terminal brain cancer. 
mm-hmm. and he has reached out across uh, using you know Facebook, and he wants to experience the best that D and D the D and D community has to offer. And with the time that he's got left, he wants to travel and play in as many D and D games as he can. He lives in uh, what was it? Somewhere on the north, east coast, north, northeast Kentucky, and he's beginning. He began his uh, journey yesterday, uh, heading to Georgia to uh, to play his first of these travel games. He's going to record them, and I'm assuming he's going to stream them and also put them on put them on YouTube and things like that. So, I just kind of wanted to give a give a shout out to that. Um, if you're not a member of that Facebook page, again, it is D&D Creative Table Designs. Um, go check it out. Uh, go read the post. Shannon Housie. I'm going to put a put a little thing in the doobly-doo. And uh, if you can, host a game. Reach out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. I've seen. I saw him post about uh, a couple of uh, at least one session that he had already played in, and how how much it meant to them. People mm-hmm. had taken vacation days and things like that to to run games for him, and that's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's awesome, and uh, I look forward to uh, our community giving him as many cool experiences as he can with the time that he has left. Yep, absolutely. Yes. That's yeah, quite that's an adventure. Awesome. That is that's really cool. Did they? Did they give like a, a, a did he plot out exactly what his his next couple of moves were? Uh, he's he is just uh, from what I've gathered, it's he's going he's just going, and as people, you know, reach out and say, "Hey, come over if you can make it over here uh, during this time," you know, he's going to go and play. Right on. So it's kind of a kind of a up in the air, kind of doing what whatever. Um, so I hope I hope he gets to play a crap ton of D and D. Awesome, awesome, yeah. All right, sweet. Well, I think that'll wrap up our news for today. And with that, let's uh, let's refill our drinks and let's get started with our topic of the day. All right, hey. All right, so John, uh, you posed this topic for this evening um it's been a while since we've uh done this it's been a few weeks i think uh but this came directly from one of your tables so tell us tell us the uh inciting incident uh that we're going to derive a topic from so i didn't actually have an incident specifically i had a conversation after the fact with one of my players who had some questions about um a character that was a little bit more rascally We'll say than uh, than the paladin was, and so the one some of the questions he was wanting to ask was, whenever there is an argument between myself or my character and the paladin, how can I resolve that, and is there a way to resolve that outside of just a direct dialogue back and forth from player to player? And I have I'm not convincing the paladin to do something. I'm really convincing the player's interpretation of what the paladin would do, or I'm really just I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get the player on my side. So the question was, is there a way around that? And so I said, well, I mean, yeah, there's the good, bad, and the ugly. And um, he says, well, what's the ugly? I said, well, the ugly is typically like somehow the, the D&D equivalent of roofing a character 
right? With like a some kind of a potion or elixir or something like that, which is like, that's the ugly. Don't do that. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I was like, well, what are you thinking about? And he goes, well, would it be bad for me to charm, use like a charms per, charm person on them or a friendship spell or a suggestion or something like that? And I was like, well, I mean, even still, they know that you did it. Right. So a lot of the, like a lot of the questions that came up weren't, it was just more like thought experiments more than anything else. I don't think you really had any, any real plans to do anything dastardly to them. But uh, one of the ones that also came up that was really interesting was how far can I push someone with a persuasion check uh, of the, a player character and, or even an, an intimidation. And uh, if I nat 20 or if I have a stupid high roll on it, does that mean that they have to do whatever I tell them to do? And so it just brought up a lot of really good conversations and a lot of a good conversation and a lot of really good questions that came up from it that I had answers for. But I said, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'm going to stop the conversation right here. I want you to tune in because at some point, one way or another, I'm going to need to get Troy and Zach's input on this one because mm. I don't think I can go with this alone. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really, really big topic. And it's been the, the point of consternation. I know in organized play where they, they outright banned the elixir of love potion for good reason, uh, for the same the reasons we were talking about before. But I've had that happen at, at other tables before where uh, the one, pl- one character, one player didn't like what the other person was doing. So they either tried to do an intimidation or to cast a spell on them. And it's turned into like we had to stop the game and have a kind of a, like a come to Jesus meeting with one another about like what is appropriate and not appropriate play at the table. Luckily, whenever that's happened, it's been among friends who have known one another for years and it wasn't at like an organ, like a public play event where I have to turn into like the the counselor or like the principal saying, you know, no. Right. So, so yeah, so I guess that's really where it boils down to is like, and I think where we can kind of start with it is um, there are some rules things specifically that we could, we could talk about and get into the noodly bits of D and D and how charm person as the spell actually works, how friendship works. Is it really even worth it? That's another thing too, right? It's like the cantrip friendship really doesn't do a is, whole lot for friend, me. Yeah. For friend, right. Is for friend, friendship right? worth it? I think that's a good. Oh, it's talk. not. Yeah. Cause it's really not worth it in the long run. I think is what it is. it's, all, it's is a temporary fix. <laughs> well, you know, it, I would say no. So I would say know. no. Yeah, uh, so that's uh, that's on brand. So yeah, you know, yeah. So I mean, like, I, let's. So let me go around the. I'll go around the table here, and I'll, I'll kind of give my own interpretation on it. But I think that let's start with um, let's start with just the general consensus around um, character con- like player ver- or character versus character or PC versus PC conflict, right? Or trying to compel them to do something. Have either of you? Um, allowed for to uh, allowed for a role to to dictate an interaction between player characters or do you typically have that handled as a part of role play I'll start with Troy hit me uh yes I have I have used that like a like a persuasion check um before I've also used you know insight and de- deception really um because the the player the players may have already known. It's like, well, they're lying to me. I know they're lying to me. It's like, yes, you know that they're lying to you, but your character. character does not necessarily know this. And it's only, I only really allow it. Like if the story is really calling for, if they're, if they're just being goofy, 
you know, whatever, who cares? Um, but if the story really calls for it and it's not, it's not going to cause an issue down the road. Mm. Do you ever feel like that it's hard for other, for the, can, are your players able to look past metagaming about it though? It's like, I know that you lied to me. And from now on, I, as John, know that you lied, even though I'm supposed to pretend that Valathrox or whatever the name of your character is, doesn't know. That. All right. Whatever. <laughs> just pulled that one out of your butt. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, it's like, do you ever, do you think your players ever have a problem with that? Or would you, would it be difficult for them or to like not remember it? Um, it, Oddly enough, I kind of, in, with my group that I've had um, in the past, I kind of enjoy that mm. because it, it actually becomes more like an in-joke. Mm. Um, I will give you a case in point. Um, I had a cleric. I told you about this cleric before um, where I stripped him of his powers and gave him back and all that stuff. Um, he, on, I believe, three at least two, but maybe three separate occasions, successfully communed with his god. Hmm. Um, That's a major accomplishment. Yeah, it's a major accomplishment. And every time he did it, the way everything was going in at the time, because it was always done during a combat, it seems like, but every time he did it and was successful, nobody saw it. Um, the, the first time it happened, they were underwater. The second time they, they happened, they happened, it was in Duke Zalto's, um, Mm -hmm. workshop and stuff had happened and the whole place was full of thick black smoke and the one end had blown up because of the, the forge and everything. So nobody saw the hand of Helm come down these couple times to, to intervene. And so he, he kept, no, I'm serious. I, it, it happened. And all of the, all the rest of the group was like, no, it didn't. No, 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 it didn't. And he's like, yes, it did. And, and he would, he rolled a couple times to see, and he would, of course, roll like a one. It's like, see, you're lying. You're not telling us the truth. You know, it was just always, it became an in joke. And I think if you have the right group, even if it was a more serious thing, it could be kind of one of those, you know, down the road. It's like, well, we're talking about that one thing that I know you lied about, but my character does it. So it's kind of like, you know, giving, giving Bob the side eye, like, uh huh. We'll, we'll go with it kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So it, 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 it can become an inside joke, but it also can, dip, again, depending on what's happening in the story. If it's a serious thing and it's, and it's done with any kind of truly malicious intent. It could it could cause an issue. Mm-hmm. But you, Zach. Uh, so when I was thinking about this topic, what I what what kind of got stuck in my crawl was the idea that when a player asked for an insight or. Um, when somebody asks for a persuasion role against a party member, it's typically, in my experience, born out of mild frustration. Mm. Not always, but it's like, I, I'm the paladin, I'm the cleric, I'm the bard, I should be charismatic, I should be able to, you know, coerce 
when I need to, my party to do the thing. They don't want to do it for whatever reason. Maybe they're just being, you know, Tom fools, right? But can I just roll a persuasion check to get these yahoos on my side? Mm. Or like you just mentioned, Troy, with uh, the insight, like, we know he's lying and we're tired of it. Can I just roll an insight so that my character knows that he's lying? Right. Like, and so I, a lot of times I think that there is a mild amount of frustration when those requests come up from the players. So even though I like role play to kind of meter out a lot of party interactions, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to play ignorant to the, the frustration that's actually there. Right. So typically when that's asked, that is a formal request. I see any, any time that a player asks for dice to be rolled, that is a formal request for us to use the game rules to determine the game's outcome. Right. Right. And and it's, I, I want to honor that. So typically, yeah. Or not necessarily tell you the outcome, but to actually, in these situations, because this is the time where even if your group generally does not role play, now they're role play. Yeah. And you can use those insight and deception and persuasion checks to help guide that role play. Because, again, it goes back to, well, I as a player would not be swayed by your thing because I know it's, you know, no, there's no way because it's not going to go well. But Bortho the Barbarian might be kind of like, yeah, I might do it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I it, might believe you. I think so. I think that I think that there's some manner there. I also think that um, so I, I, I allow it when I feel like there's a frustration. I also I think sometimes the party doesn't want or or either doesn't want a long drawn out dialogue scene for something mm-hmm. or they want a, a the hand of fate to determine the outcome of this thing right so sometimes what they want is a roll off right mm-hmm. oh yeah yes. yeah let's do this deception on insight let's go let's figure out if let's i was able that. to yeah if 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 the paladin's going to catch that the rogue was out all night Right. Like, well, let me ask you this though: Do you feel like it has to be like a, a yes or no as to whether or not that they like yes, I win the the argument, or no, I don't? Right. For me, it's it's typically something that's in between. The way that I typically adjudicate it at, at my tables is that you make a really good point. Is the is about as as far as I'm willing to go with it without because what I won't do is I'm not going to take a character a player's agency from their characters that say well because they rolled really high on their persuasion or an intimidation yeah, you, have you to now get- no longer get to make the decision anymore. What what I will say is like what I'll do is I will be, now if they roll really high I advocate for them as the DM uh, as the as the mediator right it's like well you know they make a really good point because of X Y Z and I take a couple of the points that they tried no. to make in role play and I'll accentuate those and put those out there as as you know this is a a, va- a valid part of the argument that could easily be seen as something that will kind of win the day in or when when the other character's over and what that does is I think that it gives the the players enough to be like oh okay well then yeah, I guess I can kind of see that. Or they, they need to argue a couple more parts, but then I actually essentially become an advocate for the player that's trying to argue 
Yeah. Pro or con. Here's mm-hmm. the thing though, right? Like, like you said something that I want to touch on player mm-hmm. agency. Uh, completely valid. Except that I don't player agency is not always top of my list of things to focus on. Right. And it gets really tricky when you have two players going at each other in any mm-hmm. capacity, right? Because an insight check paladin on rogue, one of them is going to lose their player agency because both of them imagine a world. The paladin imagines a world where he can see right through the rogue, right into mm-hmm. their soul, right into their heart and know exactly what was going on. And the rogue imagines a world where his face is impassable and his actions are unknowable at all times. Mm-hmm. So one of them is going to leave this conversation disappointed in themselves. Um, that's the reality. The reality is that D&D especially is a heroic game, which mm-hmm. means that all the party members are badasses. Just as much as your rogue is a badass at, at having a blank face, a poker face, the paladin is a badass at reading people and those two things cancel each other out, which means that it's going to be a coin flip every time those two butt heads. Right. Uh, And that's cool. Like in my mind, that's cool. And it makes you uh, like, if you understand that it kind of helps you understand, maybe not try to play against the party as often when you know you're likely to fail just as often as succeed. Well, I, th- I think I think part of that is like what you just said, player agency. Yes, player agency. You can't take you, you don't want to take away options for the player to explore. But we're not talking about player agency. We're talking about two characters mm-hmm. going at each other for whatever. So you have to use those dice rolls because again, player agency Troy does not believe the, the the crap that John is trying to get his paladin to feed my rogue. But you should. I'm pure as the driven right. snow. I'm sure. Exactly. And yeah, because I know John's trying to, you know, get me to not do roguey things and I want to do roguey things. But that's John and Troy, not mm. our characters. So you have to use those dice. Otherwise, you you've pulled the game out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not affecting player agency, player agency. That term has been warped and beaten and twisted so much by people at this point that it's almost, you know, a, a, a joke term kind of like uh, military intelligence. I take that very personally, sir. Probably should. <laughs> very, very personally. Uh, no, so I, I think the the thing that you got to worry about too with that though is do you worry about like grudges that form from from mm-hmm. like well, I, just because that so and so rolled higher than I do, I don't get to I don't get my like my what I had what I said doesn't really count for anything anymore. Or the argument that I made to it, right? That's right. So it's- That's right. Just like the fact that you sw- that that you swung the sword and that enemy's armor was tougher than your sword, you don't get to do damage. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the reality. Is that like 
it's not it it is your story as a party but it is not going to be your character's story and they're not going to be the hero the badass the whatever every single time and i think i think like that's that's why we don't have the elixir of love anymore right Mm -hmm. all right to, to walk it back to the magic side of this is because the role is the most pure thing we can do. Right. Um, even even having you role play, well, one of you is probably better than the other at, at eloquent speech or persuasive argument or whatever, right? But the dice are impartial in that respect. But once you insert magic all bets are off. Mm-hmm. And I always very much hesitate to allow party members to cast spells on party members unless they are willing to do so. Yeah. Unless they're willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. Wait, so hang on a second. So, but that's still the game though, right? You're still, it's still gamifying decision making. It is, but, but I, I'm going to argue that they're, they're not the same. I'm not saying that they're yeah, the yeah. same. There are, but there are definitely on the spectrum of. I'm not getting what what I want out of this. Yes, I I know I understand the analogy or the the parallel of I did not hit the AC that I was uh, aiming for or whatever or my my spell save DC didn't strike or whatever. I get that, but at the same time, though, I think that even still, if you gamify decision making. I think that we've talked before about the fourth invisible pillar that, you know, that the patron St. Matt talks about is the, is the, is the argument or the discussion or the debate. Right. I think that that's really important. So if you, if you rely on a role to determine that, does that not, does that not diminish the, um, the efficacy or use of that pillar in play? It's like, we like, it's, I think it's okay for us to debate on it. And I understand there's a point where you have to decide as the dungeon master, be like, Oh my God, this is going on too long and we need to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe that's when you like, it's the, the last ditch effort to just move on. We'll let the dice decide. And then we're just going to go and we're going to do something. I could definitely see that as like a golden parachute that you pull <laughs> rip cord that you pull. Maybe I don't, golden, I don't know that I would use it on a regular brass basis. Parachute. Yeah, What's that? <laughs> the brass parachute. <laughs> That's right. But I don't know that I. It just maybe somewhere like maybe a, a stylistic difference between how you run games too, which is totally understandable. But for me, I think that again, it's like to me, it's nudging the conversation towards an end and being getting ahead of it, seeing that this is so, this yeah. is an argument that could go on for a while. So let me start the rolls and and the nudging now instead of at the very end just like laying a hammer down. And saying this person won or this person lost. This this is the other part of it, right? I don't like debate as a fourth pillar. I completely agree with, um, but at its core, again, I see D and D being really good at very specific types of things, and mm-hmm. I play a different type of RPG for other types of things. As mm-hmm. an example, it's going to be a rare occasion where I let a D and D session be largely composed of two characters going at each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But two Dune sessions ago, we literally had three hours, three hours of two party members 
the the heir apparent of of how of their of the party's house and his envoy going at it. The heir was not happy. The envoy was trying to defend himself and his actions, and the rest of the party was the the people trying to stand in the middle with their hands outstretched towards either side. Right, um, and that was three hours. Like we did nothing. We sat in a single room and and just I let the I I I bet I said six words during that time. Right, like just this is this game, and I'm okay with that. But it's not that game in D and D. We've got We've got giants to slay and and dragons to woo and well, all of those things. So I I, and see, I'm not com- I'm not convinced that it's that's not a D and D game either. I know that there's like I'm, I'm with you, but I don't I'm not convinced that that's that is not a part of it, right? Like I know players that lo- are entire groups that love planning and strategy, and that's part of the debate for them. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily an argument between one another or between themselves in a D. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they love like a, a like not a even a heist session. Yeah, they yeah. Love the strategy and then yeah. like the, like they'll the using the miniatures as miniatures instead of as representations of themselves, kind of thing, right? And plotting and planning where they're going to do next, right? And that I think that that translates over into into the into a conversation also because what ends up happening is most of the role playing that happens is between you and the player as the DM where you're the NPC and there, and the, the verbal combat is between you and them. Whereas it, tu- it kind of turns into player versus player to a degree. Whenever there's an actual debate between the, between them, it can be good. It can also be bad. I see, I think I see it being going poorly more at organized play and public tables than at home tables where yes. I know these yeah, people to a certain degree and I yes. played with them and they're this, I feel safer around them to have disagreements and I know that a lot of the times, like they're either friends or they're people that you've played with long enough to know uh, that you feel comfortable enough that I may lose this one with this character. I'll, I'll get the net. They'll, they'll catch me on the next one. Right. Right. There'll right. be some leeway there. That's a, that's a good point. That organized play is way different than organized play. Way, you don't want to Yeah. But two points I want to make. One, mm-hmm. it goes back to, you know, just because D&D is geared towards a heroic campaign and that's where all the rules focus, mm-hmm. that's, what the, that's the game as written doesn't matter how it's played at your table. You can, you know, because you can play any style of game you want with any rule system that you want, that you're willing to deal with. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a two, you know, three hour session where two of your players are going at it in D&D, just arguing about stuff. Yeah, you can do that. Um, just like if you want to have a full blown, you know, mass combat in Dune, good luck, but you mm-hmm. can do that. Um, mm-hmm. The second point is, you know, talking about the whole two players having their characters go at it and you're rolling dice, does that take it take things away? Why does that change? Why is it any different than they're doing that with the DM having a discussion with the guard, trying to get them, trying to talk their way past? You know, if, if, if the players are getting upset because, oh, well, this dice roll is taking away my agency... Okay, well then, me as a DM, I'm upset because these dice rolls took away this guard NPC um, that I'm portraying, took away their agency. It's, it's, it's part of the game. If you're going to be that upset about it, you're already playing pretend about this character with this character. 
there has to be things that influence these characters that you you can't control. It's like like you were saying, well, I don't want to be hit. You know, I, I just crit on you. Well, I don't want you to crit on me. Well, <laughs> you're, you're taking away that's my agency. To, works. Yeah, you're taking away my agency for my character to live. Oh, that's not how it works. And yeah. just like if, for whatever reason, if, if you have one character trying to be deceptive towards another, the easiest way to adjudicate that is with some dice rolls. Mm-hmm. If, if the As the DM, if you can see that this whole line of action of the player that's trying to be duplicitous is going to be harmful and is not conducive or propelling the game forward, then you have to do the whole, Hey, no, we're not doing that. That's basically, that's basically PVP. Mm-hmm. You are player versus player. Yeah. Right. No, well, and that's, we're not doing again, that. And that's the difference with, I think too, with home game versus public play is that in home game, at the very least you can have the, the benefit of session zero where you have that social contract that you build out for, for things that are like this. Maybe this is a, a bullet point that you add to uh, for discussion in mm-hmm. that, in that session zero of like, look at my table, we don't do player versus player. If you, mm-hmm, if right. you throw down, we'll, we'll just like the, the curtain will get drawn and it was, a, and the, the two of you duke it out behind it and then you both win. Right. It's uh it's Cato versus Robin back in the day. Uh, on the old uh, Batman show, right, where they, there's like a, a, a draw between the two. We don't neither, neither one of them can lose because then it'll uh, both of the franchises right. will suffer as a result or, of it, right? Or rocks fall, everyone dies, start over. Right, take your pick, <laughs> right? Well, I think go ahead, go ahead, Zach. Well, I, I was going to steer us back though because I, I feel like we, we've we've punched upon the roll off, will you, mm-hmm. won't you, for a while, but I, I want to draw us back to when roles can't be the adjudicator, mm-hmm. which is when we're, when magic is involved, when yep. the, when the wizard or whoever wants to cast charm on a party member, I, I say no, unless the party member is okay with that. The, the target is player is okay. I know that that's not in the rules, but that to me is, is the equivalent of you saying you want to shoot the other party member in the back or whatever. Like guys, do we really want to do this? I don't think so. Let's just not, unless you're okay with it, unless you're ready to do this throwdown, let's not do that. Well, okay. I think, I think what, what you're talking about, you know, you're going to cast charm person. The, the thing about charm person is all it does, all it actually does is it makes the person who is charmed, regard you as a friendly acquaintance mm-hmm. that is it yeah but you could cast suggestion or geese you could, cast, you could do yeah, a lot which, of different things right, that would right. make yeah. it worse um but well, I mean, even saying, suggestion right about, everybody even talks suggest, about charm. suggestion is not a lot worse not a lot not a lot better off than even charm person you just get an extra attempt at at pushing back against whatever the suggestion actually is mm-hmm. so you make a saving throw on a failed save it pursues the course of action you described to the best of their ability, but then they get another one if it's something that's going to end up doing them harm or if you suggest something else to them that's going to be detrimental to them or somebody else or that would go against essentially their moral compass, right? In yeah. all instances, though, they all know that you did it. And I think that's one yeah. of the things that's really important when you're talking about when a player does it to another player. I don't know how that could ever 
how you could ever reconcile yourself one player to another, knowing that the other person compelled you magically to do something. Now, like now that. here's and I I have the counterpoint to that. Okay. For all for all the kids out there, they're not going to understand this. The A team. Mm-hmm. Mr. T's character, B. A. Baracus, I know hated, with this. hated flying. Mm-hmm. Would would not get on a plane. Every time that they had to go somewhere, he would resist and blah blah blah. The the uh, the leader of the group, Hannibal, would be like, "I understand, B. A. We won't fly. We'll do this here. I know how you like your milk. Have a glass of milk." Mm-hmm. He roofied B. A. to get to get him on the plane. Basically, on the regular. On the like almost that, every episode. Yeah, I'm about to say that's not like they did that as like part of a season finale or something like that. Yeah, this no, is like all the time. this is part of the shtick. Every part single of the shtick. Now, if if you if that is the level of thing that you're doing in your game and you're casting, you know, yeah. suggestion on BA to get his butt on the plane, that's funny. You know, it's funny, but the pl- I, I still feel like it, it, but it has to be talked about. Yeah, it does have to be yeah. talked about. I don't know, man. It, I feel like it in, uh, again, there's like a separate conversation to have be had about this one for a home game versus organized play. Public play, I would never do it. I wouldn't even recommend okay. it. Ever. And I, I will say this when you have, when, when it's, when it's, again, going back to that whole BA situation. Here's the adventure. Here's what we're doing. And, it's, and especially in like organized play. The adventure calls for us to go do this. And you've got that one player who for whatever – I wouldn't do that. My character wouldn't do that. I'm not I'm not buying into this adventure. I don't understand. That's just, mm-hmm. It's like you bought the ticket. You sat at the table. Part of what your contract – your end of the contract is is you have to buy in. It's mm-hmm. part of the deal. You want to go on an adventure? This is the adventure that you signed up for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that in that situation, if it's going to come about, the DM just needs to stop it and say, okay, here's here's what's going on. Person who's being a pain. This is this is the adventure. This is this is, you know, we have to get you. What if they cast suggestion on you to get you down the road into the adventure? You can still maintain that. Your character wouldn't do, wouldn't go along with this. But at least you're going but along they, with it as a player. But, but, but you're going along with it because of this, and you have the ability and the right to role play the rest of the adventure about how you got tricked. You mm. know, something like that. But a conversation has to be made. It can't. You, you cannot do this as a player versus player it's, situation. It's tricky. Well, you know, I think that, that one of the things that I've picked up on that I've really enjoyed doing since I've been playing some other game systems and other uh, and other settings and things like that. One of the things that I do more of at the table is it's like there's opening up a, a line of dialogue about what happens next that it doesn't have to necessarily be up to me. And I think that's a that's a good opportunity to do that. It's like, all right, narratively, we've earned it. We're at an impasse with this. Right. And so. A table I'm counting on you to help me determine and arbitrate what is the best course of action narratively that makes the most sense. And then now it's just, it's just spitballing. We're just coming up with ideas at that point. Well, what if it's this, or what if we do that? Well, what if I cast suggestion on you? And now it's not like I'm, I'm attacking them. We're actually trying to solve a narrative problem together. 
we're just yeah. opening we're, we're we're opening it up to where we can have that discussion and kind of fix quote unquote what the problem is i think it's up to it's incumbent upon the dm it's important for them to be the one that to, to kind of figures out that that's essentially where they are and that they have to open up that line of communication to the table without it being combative and act as a mediator, like a narrative mediator, as opposed to a player, uh, player versus player mediator in those instances. And I've I've noticed that playing the games more like that, more in line with that, that thought process of we all own the story together. And now here's an opportunity where I'm going to intentionally say, Hey, hold on just a second. Let's all figure this out together. That makes things so much easier and so much smoother. And those those really zany, weird ideas that we probably would be a little bit too protective of ourselves over or we'd be nervous to do. A lot of players are, are a little bit more open to it because it's not, again, it's not someone attacking me. We're just trying to solve for a problem in, front of, in, in the story. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can use it as a, as a tool and not as... A, a stick. Mm-hmm. Zach, does that help at all? I know that you kind of well, wanted to. We wanted to. We wanted to work out the the well, spell part of this. Yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. But- and here, I think. I think the last thing that I kind of had on my list of things to maybe do because I think sometimes there's a lot of like theoreticals and and some higher level concepts that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe here at the end, what I might or towards the end, what I might do for the two of you is let's just. In, instead of getting into the weeds on these, I, I'd like to hear some just yes or no answers on a couple different scenarios that are player, quote unquote, on player, okay. um, and just see would you allow this to happen or would you not? Okay. Um, and and that way, I think some people just like the thing of saying like, well, I I like Troy's way of running things, and Troy says he would do it that way, so that sounds good to me. <laughs> Right, and we don't have to we don't have to wax about it. We can just say it. Uh, so I think I know the answers to some of these, but let's start with this. Um, and, and some of these stray a little bit from the uh, the charm and influence uh, way of things. Uh, so let's start with this, uh, Troy. Uh, if a character said that they wanted to uh, uh, make a strength check to shove another character either during combat or out of it, like shove them a space. Would you allow that? Yay or nay? Uh, another, another player character? Yep. Yep. Uh, situational. Mm-hmm. Um, if it, if it was something like, um, the other, the other character is dominated and attacking, then yes. It's like, well, I'm just trying to push him away. Yep. You know, something like that. If, if they, it was more in a, an attacking manner or something like that, judgment call, is it an organized play campaign mm-hmm. game where nobody knows each other? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's the usual group and I am understanding what's going on between everybody, yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to it's gotta be situational. You got to be able to read the room. Okay. Uh, John, let me pose a different one to you. Uh, the wizard wants to cast fireball, but mm-hmm. it's gonna. This is the classic one. The wizard wants to cast fireball, but it's gonna hit somebody mm-hmm. in his party. Do you let him? Yay or nay? I feel personally attacked by this question, actually, because <laughs> I've actually done this before. I did this in a fourth edition game. I'm like, hey, what? How many hit points do you have, fighter? 
cool. You can take this. All right, I'm going to cast Fireball right here. And he's like, what are you doing? No, 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 you're, you're fine. It's fine. It's fine. You'll just bear with me. Uh, would I allow it, though, now that I've matured more as a, both a player and a, and a DM? Uh, I would insist upon the other player giving a thumbs up. Or, and then if they didn't give a thumbs up, they'd be like, okay, you need to know that at this point from, from now on, that character is going to be super pissed at you and be hostile towards you as a result of it. Are you cool? You sure you want to do this? Yep. Okay. And to Troy's point, right? If it's organized play, public play, I'm going to say, look, we don't know each other well enough to do that. Okay. If that person over there says it's not cool, I'm afraid I'm going to have to err on the side of it's not cool. I know we're not going to do that. But if it's at my home game, and if I want the, if the three stooges want to knock each other around like Mo and Larry and Curly, then they can knock themselves all they want to. I don't care. But at the, at the at very least, though, if the play, other player is adamantly opposed to it, then I'm going to err on the side of, at the very least, are you sure you want to do this? Because not only are you going to piss off Valathorox, yeah. you're going to piss off Troy, who's running Valathorox at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Troy, on your end, uh, the rogue has a potion that's going to give a negative effect. Maybe a, a diminutive person. Maybe it's a poison. Maybe it's something. Something that's not welcome has a potion, and they want to slip it into another character's drink. Uh, would you allow that to happen? Again, somewhat situational, but it would have to be a very... I mean, the situation would have to be very, very dialed in for that to even be a consideration. Otherwise, it's like, you know what? No, we're not going to devolve the, you know, our four hours of game night into you guys pranking each other. Now, if, again, it's, it's the home group, and that has been kind of a thing going through the whole campaign where they are pranking each other in different ways yeah okay it's a thing it's a thing we're doing if if it's just kind of a a one-off hey let's let's make this joke it's like why yeah Mm -hmm. you know that that would be you know it it would be that would be the first question why do you want to Mm -hmm. well because i think it would be funny because i want to watch the world burn (laughs) yeah it's like okay you you think it would be funny do you think it would be funny for them or is it funny for you? Mm-hmm. If it's just funny for you, then no. <laughs> if it's if it's if it's something that everybody is going to get a kick out of because it's it's part of the ongoing theme of this group, okay, because that's what we've been doing the past few months. Yeah, let's let this session devolve into tomfoolery and shenanigans, and we'll pick up next week. You know, maybe after you grow big again uh awesome so this is the last one here for john this gets us back into the thick of it um Mm -hmm. so uh uh uh, a party member wants to cast uh dominate person on another party member and they insist it's altruistic uh in nature but they don't want to reveal the plan oh no no, like uh, that's like we're I'm, I'm willing to like pause the game at that point it's like hang on a second now like again it really boils down to who I've, i'm playing with though really like if it's if it's my friday night game yeah, the guys that i'm so playing for- x says john listen i got a plan i'm gonna cast dominate person on mm-hmm. zach 
Mm-hmm. You got to go with it. Everybody look, just go with it. Yeah. I'll look over at Zach it. and be like, Cast Zach, and you so go, you're, you're, I'll, yeah, I'm still looking at you. I'm like, Zach, yeah. are you cool with this? And Zach goes, no. I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we go with a plan B on this? <laughs> or like, <laughs> is there another approach that we could take in order to make this work? Because I don't think Zach is comfortable with this. And that, like, that's, again, as a DM, you have to use your mediation skills. Mm-hmm. That, that is like... It's one of the things that they don't we don't talk about enough. I think sometimes is managing people at a, at a table and not just managing the rules, the narrative, the story, and everything else. Every other hat that you have to put on, it really boils down to managing people too, not managing them like like manipulating them and making them do certain things, but just trying to act as the social lubricant between mm-hmm. people. Sometimes where you can ha- get into those, r- those weird frictional pl- spaces, even among friends, right? I've, even like people that I've known that are r- I'm really close to get, will get irritated as hell with one another over some of this, the stupid crap that somebody else will pull yeah. for a gag, right? It's yeah. supposed to, it was supposed to be funny. Well, then whenever they walk away from the table, they acted like they were cool. But then I talked yeah. to them later on and they're like really irritated over it. And then they carry it into the next game and, and the, the next, next game, game the next, next game. game. Yeah. Now, if if it's like if if Eck is saying I want to dominate, I want to cast dominate on Zach, you got to go with it. It's like, okay, I understand that you don't want to give your plan here at the table, mm-hmm. but if you can't tell me what your plan is, mm-hmm. then no. Mm-hmm. And, and even then, I don't think I want to be a part of like a clandestine plan. As a DM, I don't want them to be like, okay, hey, can I sidebar with you so I can tell you how I'm going to justify doing this? Because now I'm a co-conspirator. I don't think I want to do that. Well, no, because it, I, I'm not sure that it engenders a lot of trust in the other players with me that I'm willing to get in cahoots with another player for something look, that you know. I look at it as the exact exact opposite because like they're you know, they're going. I was like, because like you know what, I'm going to listen to this plan, hmm. and it's like okay, and it's like oh, you know what, that is that's really cool. That's going to make for a cool story. If the other players trust you, then that's a, you know it's kind of like maybe I can see I, that. Let's okay. put a, let me let me let me butt in here. Let's uh-huh. put a pin in this. I think DM in cahoots with player is a mm. great topic for another episode. I've got a yeah. I've got several success and failure stories when mm-hmm. it comes to doing that. So I, I told a cahoot story today. <laughs> yeah, DM and pl- DM nothing and like player. a good cahoot nothing like That's a right. good cahoot truly That's right. so I, I think I think uh, we, we found our next topic um, mm-hmm. and that's a great spot to wrap up this one I think um, uh, yeah uh, I think so that, to you I think mm-hmm. I think if I'm gonna su- try to summarize here I think none of us said, Roll-offs between players are unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is a that is a place you can steer your table um, from time to time. Um, and then the other big takeaway that I heard was be super careful with the sort of player-on-player interaction in a in an organized play or mm-hmm. game store setting. If it's at your home team home table, you still needs to like raise the yellow caution flag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm in your in your uh, mind but but maybe you can still proceed um in certain ways uh fellas i think that's a pretty good episode i think we can wrap that one up sweet uh, put a nice little bow on it absolutely hey i want to give um as we're as we're closing out here i want to give some mad props to chat being lively this evening um 
So we had a, a raid during this by Crane Rights, which is uh, someone that we met at Gary Khan. Uh, and really appreciate uh, them swarming our chat. Uh, that was super, super nice. Um, also want to appreciate uh, Xander and Velanaz and Commander Root and Craig. And, uh, man, then uh, we got a whole bunch of new folks in there as well. Saltwater and Jody Moon. It's the Fritz, Icarus, uh, Erica, and uh, uh, several others. Um, yeah. Been a good one. So thank you so welcome, much. Welcome, welcome, friends. Come back anytime. Door is always open. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, with that, I think that'll do it. And until next week, you know what? Next Sunday, before I forget, next Sunday, we're going to have an interview, creator interview uh, with another person we met at GaryCon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mike with Tavern Tales is going to be yeah. on, I believe. So uh, we'll, we'll have a creator chat there. Um, and you know what? While we're at it, I'm going to go ahead and we're talking about creator interviews. If you've missed one of our creator interviews, there's a great place for you to go back and watch those. Um, our YouTube Do channel tell. is uh, up and hopping. Uh, <laughs> it's hopping. It's hopping. Uh, <laughs> this YouTube channel be busting, yo. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't that level. All right, I don't know. Uh, cool your jets. Very colorful. <laughs> cool your jets. Uh, so what? What we've been doing is we've been. I've been moving over the creator interviews over there this year. So a lot of those are there. If you've missed out, recommend that. John has been putting his um, uh, Dragonlance uh, retro gameplays <laughs> over there. Um, and then I've been doing a whole bunch of uh, exclusive YouTube content as well. We've got um, a How to Play series that's live and vibrant. We've got a Should You Play, which is kind of a review series. Uh, we've got a little mini series that I'm doing on the Dune RPG and mm-hmm. the different combat systems in there. Um, and we got quite a few more things in the pipeline. So uh, maybe we can post a link to our channel here in chat real quick. But, uh, you know. We started that at the beginning of the year, and it's already uh, doing really well. So, uh, love for you to check that out if RPGs are your thing, um, which they are because you're listening to this show. It's a big string of numbers and text, so I'm not going to give the, the the link out live here. But um, you can hit us up by visiting us on Discord. Links in the show notes, uh, or by heading to our Uh, Facebook page where you should be able to get a link there as well. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with this chat. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. And uh, uh, Shannon, have some great games, brother. And uh, be safe while you're doing it. Bye, everybody. Enter a world steeped in mythos and saturated with strife. Mayan Epics, the twin gods apocalypse from World of Game Design, offers an explosive and primal play experience unlike any other. Travel amid rough jungle paths, swim through hallowed cenotes, and skirt against the underworld itself in the last days of a civilization on the brink of apocalypse. The days are numbered. The dangers are real. It's a race against a calendar as you take advantage of the Mayan peculiarities of time, ritual magic, and the will of the gods to satisfy the great imbalance of this or any age. Inspired by the historical civilization of ancient Maya, 
Twin Gods Apocalypse contains an entire system-neutral setting filled with wonders of the natural world, the heavens above, and the underworld down below. Available now at store.wogd.com, and there's a link in the show notes. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook, give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed, uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.